How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Your spouse is different than you are. The four major needs of a man are different than the four major needs of a woman. Now, this doesn't sound good, but it's a true statement. If you marry someone normal, they're not like you. Okay, that doesn't sound good. But if you married a normal, I thought, I just, you know, I thought, Karen, she's the most attractive woman in the world, but gosh, she's so weird. You know, oh, you know, she was just so strange. And, and the reason she was strange is she wasn't like me because I'm the epicenter of normal. <laughs> Normal's me. Anything. So she was just so different than me. And I, most people take the energy that God gave them to love each other, trying to change each other. And in many marriages, it's a battle of who's, who's going to win. Is this going to be a woman home or a man home? Is it going to be a home where my needs prevail or your needs prevail? Let me say this. In a Christian marriage, it's a win-win situation. No one loses. Everyone gets their needs met. But when, they're, when you have a bad marriage, it means I'm rejecting your inherent differences. Let me say this. When you reject my needs, you reject me. When I'm telling you what my needs are and you keep rejecting that, that's rejection. It feels like rejection. It's frustrating. And so when I'm telling you what my needs are, I just need you to believe me. And I need you to accept that. Here are the four needs of a woman and how to understand and meet her needs. And the first is security. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. The standard, the standard for women is respect your husband the way you would Jesus. The standard for men is give your life for her. Just like Jesus gave his life for you, you love her more than you love yourself. You sacrifice yourself for her. The mega, the mega need for men is honor. The mega need for women is security. So women feel most secure in an environment where there is a sacrificial, sensitive man that they're married to. Women feel most insecure when they're married to a selfish, detached man. Security to a woman just simply means, to my hurt, I will meet your needs. I come second. I'm not the head of this home so I can get it my way and I get the big chair and the clicker in the living room. I'm the head of this home so that I can serve you and make sure whatever you need, you get it first before I get it. You come before me. And you'll never have to nag. You'll never have to beg. Tell me once. I'm studying you. You're on my heart. Tell me once and you'll get it. And if I don't agree, I'll tell you right up front. But if I tell you no, it's only because it's not a good thing for you. But I will sacrifice to meet your needs. Women are in heaven. Women are in heaven. They, they need security. Here's how to meet your wife's need for security. Communicate your commitment to sacrifice for her. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself for her. I will have to sacrifice something. I'll have to sacrifice an interest, a hobby, a friend, an, an event, an opportunity, a promotion. I don't know what I'm going to have to sacrifice. But here's the issue. Nothing is as important 
to me as you are, and I will sacrifice to make sure that your needs are met. Just the way Jesus sacrificed for me, I'm gonna sacrifice for you. The second is be sensitive to your wife's needs and don't make her nag or beg. Never, ever should your wife have to nag or beg. Romance, uh, when you send your wife flowers or cards or you're romantic to your wife, what you're saying to your wife is you're on my heart. The lack of romance simply means I don't think about you. You're not on my heart. My, my uncle now, this, this is, I did my uncle's funeral, this is years ago, and my uncle and my aunt were married for 40 years, had a wonderful marriage. I did my uncle's funeral, and when I was doing his eulogy, my aunt told me that for 40 years of marriage, he wrote her a new poem every day. Let me just tell you something. There's only so many ways you can work around roses or red, violet, you know. <laughs> Think about that for just a minute. Every day for 40 years. And they had, a, I never even thought about it. They had a wonderful marriage. She, she was the happiest woman on earth. I said, are you kidding me? She said, on our dining room table every morning, there was a new poem that he wrote me. You know what that means? When he was alone every morning, he was thinking about her. As opposed to a man who's never romantic. And it just means my mind is somewhere else. And so I'm sensitive to you. Be a faithful provider and a faithful money manager because that's another part of her security is knowing that she's going to be provided for. It, and let me say this. Whatever job you have, some of, the, some of the most important people in society are not well paid. Teachers, policemen deserve a lot more money than they get. And the issue, give them a hand. And the issue isn't the size of the paycheck. The issue is the size of the commitment, which just simply means I'm going to provide for this home and I'm going to make sure that, that I lead in the, um, in the financial management of the home. And I'll talk about that more in just a minute. Number two need for a woman is soft non-sexual affection. Is, again, women, women need this. And the more non-sexual soft affection they get, the more sexual they become, which is an amazing thing. And so you need to, you need to be a, uh, physically affectionate with your wife. Uh, you need to listen to her when she's telling you she wants to be held and be patient and gentle. And what it communicates to her is she's more to you than just a sex object. That, again, you're connected on a higher level than just sex. And it, to her, that's connection. When you're holding her, holding her hand, your arm is around her. I had one couple that he only touched her sexually. And she said, outside the bedroom, he's never touched me. You know, he, he never held my hand, never put his arm around me. Um, and, uh, and there was a tremendous amount of, of anger and frustration there. I, I grew up with two, I have two older brothers, Damien and Lucifer. And, uh, <laughs> we fought every day. We, my parents were not affectionate people. I had wonderful parents. They were not affectionate people. And my, my brothers and I, and I was the youngest of three boys. We fought every day. I mean, I just lived in a, in a war zone and I didn't know how to be affectionate. Karen and I started dating, and I knew how to be rough or sexual. I didn't know how to be affectionate. We started dating, and I, I just didn't know how to be affectionate. Karen wanted me to be affectionate. When I held her hand, I pinched around on it. And I like that. It feels good. I like that thing. She didn't like that at all. She, she'd say, that hurts. And I'd say, you'll toughen up. You know, it, <laughs> don't let my brothers beat you up two or three times. You'll get used to it. But, and then I'd get nervous. You know, I just didn't know how to be affectionate. And so I put my arm around her, and I put her in a headlock. You know, and she'd say, I don't like that. I don't like that. Don't do that. And, I, and again, I thought, you'll get used to it. It really, well, she never got used to it. So 
we were married and um, she was sitting across the room one day folding clothes and the Lord just impressed on me, walk over and put your arm around her and just nothing beyond that. Just put your arm around her. Well, I'd never done that before. I mean, boy, I was so nervous. You know, I thought, oh, boy. So she's over there folding clothes. We're sitting in the room. So I walk, start walking across the room and I'm going to be affectionate. And she sees me coming. You know, it's like pervert alert. You know, <laughs> incoming. But so I sat down next to her, put my arm around her, you know, and just kind of patted her there for just a minute. And you know, of course, she knew something, you know, either wrestling, sex, or a combination of the two <laughs> were impending at that moment. But I didn't, and I, and I just kind of patted her there for a minute, you know, and then, then I got up and walked across the room. She said, well, what did you do? I said, well, I'm being affectionate. She said, I like that. I thought, well, now I've spoiled her. And uh, <laughs> so we got, we got in the car one day, and I said, let me hold your hand. I was, I was getting better at being affectionate. I said, let me hold your hand. She said, no, because she didn't trust me, you know, because I pinched her around. I said, let me hold your hand. And she said, no. And I said, let me hold your hand. She said, it just healed up. And, <laughs> but I remember I held her hand and I didn't pinch it. And I just thought, that's you know, phenomenal. And so I learned to be affectionate with Karen and it, it changed everything. I mean, when I, and, and that's normal for me. I mean, I, I love it. But your wife needs non-sexual touching and affection. And, and some men would say, well, that's just, that's just not the way that I am. Doesn't matter. You need to change. You need to meet her need. It wasn't natural for me. I wasn't raised in that kind of a family. And it wasn't, it's not a need that I have. It's not a need that I have. But it's a need that she had. And so when I changed, it changed our marriage. It was tremendously important to her. Number three need that women have is open and honest communication. Is women don't want headlines. They don't want grunts and groans. They don't want to hear nothing. Who'd you see today? Nothing. No one. What'd you do? Nothing. I drove to work, stood in front of a blank wall and told everybody to be quiet. <laughs> and I drove directly home. I have spoken to no one today. Is when your wife, she wants, she wants, this, again, this is how she connects to your world is through communication. And so, and to your heart. And so when your wife says to you, what did you do today? Here's the answer she wants. You want to say, I didn't do much. I didn't even, no, I just, I saw Bob. And Bob is the same as Bob has always been. Okay. She says, how was your day? Here's what she wants to hear. Uh, 6.32 a.m. I came into consciousness. <laughs> I still had my eyes closed, but uh, I was feeling a little emotional about my meeting with Bob. And... Uh, that's, she wants the whole day, and she doesn't just want the events. She wants the feelings, <laughs> the feelings associated. See, I would talk to Karen for years, and then she would, I would tell her something. She'd say, well, how'd you feel about that? And I'd say, <laughs> feel? How'd you feel? I, I don't feel anything, you know. And, uh, well, men come emotionally unassembled, and women wire them up, you know. And that's how they do it. They get you talking, and then they start saying, this is a feeling. Zzz. See right there, that's a feeling. And you're going to have more of those as more conversations can take place. And 
So again, I, I told Karen, Karen wanted me to talk. And I, you know, I felt like she was nosy anyway. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not feeding the monster. Information is the worst thing for her. You got to starve that thing out of her because she knows it. She wants to know about everything. So that's honestly the way I felt about it. And I'd come in the door and she started asking questions just like, ha. <laughs> so I told Karen when I changed, I said, okay, I'll talk. Okay. So I told her one night, I said, we'll sit down and we'll talk for as long as you want to talk about anything you want to talk about. And I thought, I am the greatest man ever lived. And B, they'll find me dead tomorrow with my brain sucked out. Because the sister will suck my brain right out my ear. I don't stand a chance. So we, we got together that night and we sat face to face, turned off the TV, we sat face to face and we talked. And, and Karen, well, she'd never done this before. I'd never, I had never patiently talked to my wife ever in our marriage and given her the response that she was looking for. So we started talking and Karen, you know, this and this and this and this and this and this. And she asked, what about this? What about this? What about this? And she would say, well, how'd you feel about that? Well, there's a couple of things in my childhood she knew about and she always wanted to know because she knew I was messed up, you know, and she was just trying to locate the exact time and place, but she pretty much knew that. <laughs> so she asked her, well, how'd you feel about that? I, did, I didn't know. I, honestly, when I was growing up, I just shut off emotions because I couldn't handle them. The, some of the things that happened, just like all of us, I just didn't know, so I just shut them off. Well, Karen knew that those things were still in there because women, women are amazing in this regard. They really are. And Karen would say, well, how'd you feel about that? And I said, and I said Karen, honestly, I didn't feel anything about that. And she said, yes, you did. You don't know what I feel. <laughs> and so... It was amazing because about a week or two later, I was praying, and the Lord brought it all back to me and began healing my life in that area. And Karen, Karen has been amazing in, with me because I love to talk now. Man, I love talking to Karen. It's one of the favorite things I love to do. Your wife needs for you to talk. And you say, well, I'm just not as verbal as she is. Yeah, you are. It's just an attitude. You can talk as much as you want to talk. If you're with your friends at a basketball game, you talk to her off. You talk her ear off. You tell her what she wants to know with a good attitude. And you open your heart up to her. She deserves that. It's the way she connects to your world. We don't meet each other's needs based on our needs or our desires. We based, meet each other's needs based on their needs in a commitment that we're going to do that for the rest of our lives. You meet each other's needs. Women be more sexual than you feel. Men be more conversational than you feel. And you'll have a happy marriage. I'm almost done last need of a woman is leadership. Women don't want to be dominated. They want to be treated as equals, but they want their husband to be the loving initiator of the home in four important areas, the children, romance, finances, and spiritual matters. They want you to be the loving initiator of the home. Now you say, well, I have more of a passive personality. Especially you need to stand up and just be the initiator. It means you, you begin the conversation about your children. You begin the conversations about discipline. You begin the conversations about budgeting. You begin the conversations about church and spirituality and prayer and things like that. Again, she wants to be an equal partner. She doesn't want to be dominated. And if you have a naturally strong kind of a dominant personality, you got to ratchet that down. You got to slow down. You have to make a decision that you're not going to make decisions without her and you're not going to drag her or push her in the process. 
that you're gonna treat her as an equal partner in everything that goes on, but you are going to be the initiator. Women love to be in a relationship with a man who is the loving initiator. You know, this program today is on women's needs in marriage, and we do programs on men's needs also. But Karen, uh, in this program, you know, we're talking about the needs of a woman. And when we got married, I had absolutely no idea mm -hmm. that you had unique needs that were different than mine. Mm -hmm. But you do. Your, your major needs are all different than my major needs. I don't and, think I knew I had those needs. I just, yeah. I mean, because, you know, <laughs> one of my needs is security. And yeah. I was pretty independent when we got married. I mean, I could have supported myself and, you know, but, you know, you're right. I mean, we do have those needs and, you know, it's so awesome the way the Lord blessed you with the teaching of those needs because I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're, we tell each other a lot of times what our needs are through mm -hmm. frustration. Mm -hmm. But women's needs are security is number one. Uh, it, when men are sensitive and sacrificial, it meets that need. Mm -hmm. Open and honest communication, mm -hmm. being willing to talk patiently mm -hmm. uh, about everything and not being frustrated and talking about feelings too, which is hard a lot of times for men. Uh, soft, non-sexual affection mm -hmm. and leadership. Yeah. And those are, to, to have a good marriage, you have to meet needs that you don't have mm -hmm. because those aren't my needs. Mm -hmm. And so we, I've, I've got my own unique set of needs, but when we got married, I just thought you were weird. I thought you were demanding, um, but you were a normal woman. Mm -hmm. And you were just wanting me to come out of my world into your world mm -hmm. and meet your needs. And of course, we've done that for many years and it's wonderful. But, but it only works, and I'm, I'm talking to men now because you know, a woman can't meet her own needs. If we could meet her own needs, we wouldn't get married. Mm -hmm. But we get married because we're hoping our spouse mm -hmm. will meet our needs. So we've got some questions here, Karen, from some of our viewers. Let me read the first one to you. Uh, whenever I ask my husband to help around the house, he gets resentful. He's quick to turn the conversation to my shortcomings. How can we work together more? Well, I can remember <laughs> you were never this way. Um, but I do remember one time when I, I asked you to take the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> and you were, it's like we were first married, and I can remember I was really stressed because the kids and everything. And I said, you know, honey, can you please take the trash out? I'll get to and I want. And I'm thinking, ah. And so I think it's just a common thing, in other words. I think that a lot of couples go through this where the man just resents. You know, he works all day. He comes home. You know, the kids are, you know, screaming and crying. The house is a mess, you know, and then the wife is asking him to do something. And so and yeah. in his mind, he's probably thinking, well, what have you done all day? And I was like, uh, you might want to walk back out the door and not say that again. Because yeah. as a woman, we do. We have so much you know, going on in her day more than what most men understand. And, you know, just that it goes back again Completely to the respect of each other's, what each other's worlds looks like. You know, you know, the husband needs to come in and check out from the business world and remember when he's driving in that driveway, I'm coming into a, the world that I want to live in, that this right. is why I live my life. Right. And that, you know, what goes and that's, on- in, And that's the priority. Yes, and what goes on in this home is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And he may take, need to take a few minutes, you know, you know, breathe it out, whatever, pray, and then come into the home and be sensitive to what's going on in the home when he comes in. And, yeah. you know, and, and not resent the fact that his wife might need him, you know. Well, because I was a chauvinist mm -hmm. and, and I, I felt like that was your job. 
the home was your job. And I, I helped around the house. And I love it as my job. That's yeah, yeah. the thing. I but do I'm, love it. But but some men think if she if she asked me to empty the trash, she needs to empty the trash. Mm -hmm. That's not that's that's her job. So that's that's wrong. Number two, what she's describing strikes at the heart of her need for security. Because number one, he won't help her. Number two, he's accusing her. Mm -hmm. And so she said, he points out my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. When I ask for help, he starts talking about my shortcomings. Well, that's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, how do you live with someone like that? You pray, mm -hmm. okay? You, you tell him the truth. Mm -hmm. don't, don't go away. Honey, I need you to do this. And the other thing I'd say is don't be defensive about your own faults. Yeah. If he's saying something to you that's true, say, okay, I'll tell you what, you start taking out the trash and I'll stop, you know, <laughs> whatever. But don't be defensive mm -hmm. when he's talking to you. Say, honey, if I've done something wrong, I want to change. Mm -hmm. But I want you to be more involved with the home. Mm -hmm. And with home, and I, I would say to all the men out there, you know, a lot of men want a response, but they don't want to earn it. In other words, they want their wife to give them a certain response in bed or out of bed or just honor or whatever. And to say, you know, 1 Corinthians 11 says, women are the glory of men. And that means that women reflect their husband's behavior. And you did, Karen. Mm -hmm. And when I was a jerk, you know, you treated me better than I deserved, but I didn't get that same response I was looking for. But when I began to serve her, when I began to meet her needs sacrificially, our marriage changed dramatically. So. <laughs> Women's needs are different than men's needs, and a wise husband uh, listens, he's sensitive, mm -hmm. to create an atmosphere of security for his wife in emptying the trash and helping around the house and helping with the kids and talking to her, and all of those things is so incredibly important if you're gonna have the marriage that you wanna have. We hope that this program today is helpful to you. Thanks to all of you who help us financially. We can only do what we do because of the financial support of our wonderful partners. Thank you for all that you do for us. Please consider giving your most generous gift. Uh, you can write us, you can call us, you can go online. And we appreciate so much. And listen, the families that we help and the children that we keep together with our parents are because of you. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Right here at Marriage Today. God bless you. Goodbye. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.